You are listening to an Elam Church Christchurch podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired by the message you are about to hear. And if you're ever in Christchurch, why don't you pop in and say hello? We'd love to connect. Let's get into it. Lately in our sermon series, the church has been looking at legacy, which has made me think, what sort of legacy am I leaving or rather creating? How do I want to be remembered? Not just in the future, but now, for today. What sort of legacy am I building? How am I making an impact? And does what I do make a difference? Did you know that during our lifetime, we will directly or indirectly impact the lives of around 10,000 people? But the real question is, how will we impact them? Each choice we make in life reveals our character. I recently donated some money to a cause that I knew would go towards changing the life of a person. It felt good, and I decided I would like to do more like this. Things that change lives and make a difference in the world. Awesome. I'm a good person, right? (laughs) Yeah. Nah, not so much. A few days later when I was at work, a store worker zoomed past me with a flat jerk trolley, barely missing me and giving me time to get out of the way. I was annoyed. I had a trolley of my own, so I began following them with it. I thought maybe it would be nice to clip them with it to see how they like it. Now, I have been clipped in the heel a few times. One time I had to hobble in pain for a few minutes, and another time I fell over backwards, jarred a nerve, and was unable to get up for a bit. It's not fun. Just so you understand, it was a vengeful thought that I knew was wrong. (laughs) It wasn't something I was intending to act upon. But then, as I was following, along behind them a little too closely, they came to a sudden and abrupt halt. And my trolley did actually bump against the heel of their shoe. Fortunately, not them. They're fine, I checked, and of course I apologised. But let's just say my thought process didn't line up with either God's will or how I want my character to be perceived. Yep, still a sinner that needs to rely on God's grace and mercy. The Apostle Paul said it best, O wretched man am I, I want to do good, but I do bad. And he left a great legacy. But then again, if not for the grace of God God in his life, it all could have gone so differently. He started out as Saul a Pharisee persecuting Christians for their beliefs and ended up as Paul, the apostle, one of the greatest defenders of the faith. A sobering statistic is the fact that 10 out of 10 people die, around 150,000 each day. It's generally not something we get a choice about. What we do get a choice about is the way in which we choose to live here and now and what sort of legacy we're building today. What are some of the deposit what are some deposits and investments we can make for Christ today that can influence lives tomorrow? What can we give today? What we give today can enable the church to reach the community, save those in abusive situations, help the poor and needy, or even cause a lost loved one to be reached. What we give and sow today can grow a harvest that will far outlive the seeds we have sown. Our prayers too can outlive us. So we have an opportunity to pray for those that will come after us. Our life stories can live on to inspire others 
So live life to the fullest, following after Jesus and the examples of loving, giving, and faith. Our families, especially our children, are impacted by the choices we make. Therefore, we need to encourage them in their walks with God so that the faith they develop today will live on through them to future generations. The Bible says the memory of the righteous will be a blessing. We can make a difference and affect the future for good and for God, but only if we choose to do so today. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, one of my favorite verses says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. I know the plans I have for you, plans laid out. If only God would give us a map, a picture, or fill in the blanks and let us in on them. We often (laughs) say things like, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But are we really? And are we really ready to serve and advance his kingdom, or do we have our own agenda? What if we chose to follow God, not because the law or the Bible tells us to, but by love, what real difference could we make? As Christians, we are called to meet the needs of our community, increase our faith through God's word, give generously, and of course, to share our faith with others. So how well do you think we do with that? I love statistics, but I want you to know what I'm about to share here is not a direct reflection on anyone here or on our church in general but rather on our entire generation as Christians. So how well do you think we do at engaging our communities? The Wilberforce Foundation commissioned a study, which found many New Zealanders have little or no engagement with Christians or the church. 9% don't know any Christians, and more than one in five know nothing about the church in New Zealand. And 56% don't know their local church well. And although 33% of the population affiliate with Christianity, only 9%, you lovely people here, go to church pretty much every week. So as Christians, we are becoming a minority in New Zealand. Perhaps if we knew more about our faith, we would engage better. Well, another survey conducted by the New Zealand Bible Society in 2018 showed that 57% of the New Zealand population owned a Bible. However, it also found among Christian Bible owners, only 37% read it at least once weekly, another 43% that owned a Bible really or never read it, and a further 13% of Christians didn't own a Bible at all. Overall, the study found that 20% of people who own a Bible never read it. In some ways, we do do a better job of putting back into our communities through giving as New Zealand is currently the third most charitable country in the world when it comes to giving of our time and financial resources. We give approximately 1.35% of GDP to charitable and community causes, causes, which is around 3 to 5% of our annual incomes. That's good, but are we engaging them for God? Final one. A survey from Nashville-based Lifeway Research found that more than half of churchgoers feel comfortable in effectively sharing their faith. Most, sorry, but most have not shared their faith with anyone in the past six months. And then again, 
More than half say they haven't invited anyone to church in that same time frame. Unfortunately, most Christians really share their faith. Penn Jilliot, the famous magician of the Jero Penn and Teller, a self-proclaimed atheist, once posed a challenging question about Christians who don't share their faith with others. How much do you have to hate someone to believe in everlasting life and not tell them that? The truth is, we all do a little, and it shows, a little. But what if we all engaged our community, took the word of God seriously, gave generously, reached out and shared our faith with others? What if we all obeyed? What difference could we make? Our choices do make a difference. And each day we get to make a choice to follow in the example set by Jesus, reach out to those around us and share our faith and give of our time and resources or go our own way. So do you honour him with your choices and does what you do make a difference in the lives of those around you? Because we are called to make a difference. But not only that, we are also called to be different. In the King James Version of the Bible, 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that hath called you out of darkness into his marvellous light. Peculiar. In modern translations, this word is translated his own people or his own special possession. But I like the word peculiar. It speaks of us being different. As the world changes and society comes to view some of the beliefs and values we hold as Christians as old and outdated, it becomes easier to see ourselves that way. The truth is that we are called to be like Jesus, and often we associate his actions with the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. However, we should also not forget he was someone who disagreed with authorities, pointed out hypocrisy, and upset the status quo. He did so because his authority came not from men, but from God, not from earth, but from heaven, not from the law, but from love. In the same way, there needs to be something peculiar or different about us as Christians. Jesus speaks of this in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16, when he said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's break this down. You are the salt of the earth. Salt is essential for our survival. Without it, we'd die. Our bodies use it to balance fluids in the blood, to maintain healthy blood pressure, and is essential for nerve and muscle function. Salt also has many additional uses. In biblical times, its two main uses were as a preservative to stop food spoiling and, of course, as a seasoning to add flavour to food. Today, the phrase salt of the earth refers to people who are good, 
kind, and honest. As Christians, we are called to show these virtues and add them or sprinkle them in the lives of the people around us. But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. The salt we have today is pure, and so it's losing its salty flavour is unlikely to happen. This verse could be used to show that we will never lose our salvation. However, in Jesus' time, a major supply of salt was from the Dead Sea, an area not far from where his listeners would have lived. And Dead Sea salt could leave a bad taste in your mouth under the right or wrong conditions because the amount of other chemical impurities in the water. If the sodium chloride in salt compound were to dissolve, its saltiness would give way to other unpleasant flavours that you wouldn't want to sprinkle on your food. So what are some of the ways we might be in danger of losing our saltiness? The salt became impure because of the influence of the impurities around it. To look at this simply, there are ways, are there ways or other things which call us away from the will of God? Or are there areas in your life where compromise has crept in? You know, God really wouldn't approve of, but they don't seem that bad. The Sunday morning sleep in, watching movies that contain sex or violence, the odd lotto ticket, participating in behaviours or deeds that are labelled socially normal, small lapses in integrity, or simply letting other interests become more important than God. If our purpose in life is to be salt, the salt of the earth, we need to be seen as different. Even when we think no one's watching, we need to filter out negative influences and be careful with the exposure we get from the world because salt becomes less salty by being diluted. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people give light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. The function of light is clear. It illuminates the darkness. We know that light is worthless if it doesn't shine. It's why we replace broken light bulbs. As believers, we are called to shine into the world around us and influence it for good by sharing his message. When we share our faith and the hope that we have in him, we spread his light. However, there are some Christians that choose to hide their light because they fear what others will think of them. They go to church on Sunday but live different lives the rest of the week. They fear if they speak out, they will be ridiculed. They decide it's too hard to share their beliefs when everyone else around them seems to disagree with them. They conform to the patterns of this world and they set aside God's way for fear of looking peculiar. And thus we need to take on the view of the Apostle Paul who said, I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. If we are to be the light of this world, we need to be seen for what and who we are. As verse 16 says, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our good deeds should flow from our hearts and our relationship with God. But in order for them to be seen in this way, we also must share our testimonies. 
the hope that we have, the truth of what we believe and why we believe it. This not only holds us accountable, it glorifies God. Essentially, as Jesus' followers, we are called to add flavour and brighten the world around us by showing our love of God through word and deeds so all can see. So what stops us? Let's face it. We are all busy people. We have families to take care of, housework and chores that need doing, jobs that demand our time and we need to live financially, health issues we need to address, hobbies and interests we enjoy, community groups that we are part of, skills we want to learn, meetings we need to attend. The list goes on and that's just a typical weekday. The truth is we are all imperfect, flawed individuals who spend most days doing the best we can. And then we have the expectations of Jesus. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. Whoever wishes to be great among you shall be your servant. That goes against the grain. Let's face it, being a Christian can be hard. Even the early church understood that there is a cost to being a disciple of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples this when he said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would lose, would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? And the apostle Paul knew how to count the cost. He said, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. He also said, therefore do not lose heart. For though outwardly we are wasting it away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The cost of being a disciple is not about what we lose. It is about what we gain. Nor is it about trying to be perfect or about repaying God. Both are impossible. It is simply about saying, I have nothing without you. And then allowing him to use us as his hands and feet on earth to help others. In an era where everyone seems to do what they think is best and look out for their own self-interest, all of this comes down to one word and one idea, one we don't like very much, obey. Why? Because obedience is hard, and as a Christian, it calls us to set aside our own will and live with a greater purpose in mind. But there is some good news in this. Blessings grow out of obedience. God promises to bless us if we are obedient. Almost every time a commandment is given in the Bible, it is followed by a blessing for those who obey. In Deuteronomy 5.33, we are told, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days. Not only that, if we obey, he promises that he will also save us, watch over us, take care of us, and give us our needs. Jesus himself said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. 
His blessings follow our obedience. Often the ways in which he operates and the things he asks of of us require us to step out in faith and trust that he will meet our needs. But when we do, God promises to join with us, grant us success and reward us for a life well lived. The Bible tells us we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Each of us is different and uniquely called, and each day we are given opportunities to do good and sow into the lives of those around us, which means if we take the time to look, we will find seemingly insignificant moments, experiences, and encounters that give us the opportunity to sow God's love and kindness into the life of someone else. So each day, think about and look for opportunities you can do to show God's love by making someone else's life a little easier, no matter how big or small. A positive word, an offer of assistance, an offer to listen, an act of kindness, or even a simple friendly gesture can improve someone's day. Often we know what to do, but it requires letting go of our safety net. I've watched many people, even Christians I know, who know they can trust in God, when told that God will provide, have testimony of God providing them for them in the past, still be afraid to step out in faith. What we know and reason can get in the way of what God wants to do. This is where true obedience comes in, trusting God with the unknown. Today, begin where you are. Step out a little and do what you can, no matter how small. Celebrate each small achievement you make and use that to further encourage you to do more, knowing that with each small step you take, you are making a difference. A great illustration of this is given in the following story. One day a man was walking along a beach when he noticed a small boy picking up something small and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, What are you doing? The youth replied, throwing starfish back into the ocean. The surf is up, the tide is going out. If I don't throw them back, they'll die. Son, the man said, don't you realise that there are miles and miles of beach and hundreds of starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening politely, the boy bent down, picked up another starfish and threw it back into the surf. Then smiling at the man, he said, I made a difference for that one. Never underestimate the difference one person doing one small thing can make. Um, can I grab the musicians back up? <laughs> One day, we will all have to stand before God and give an account of what we have done, and he will repay each person accordingly to what they have done. No one at the end of their life wishes for more work, possessions, or money. These things become meaningless, as real wealth and success cannot be measured in terms of these things. Instead, they come from doing the best you can with what you have where you are placed. It is not based upon circumstances, wealth or power, but rather about taking every opportunity that comes your way each day and influencing it for good. So when you wake each day, take time to think and pray about what good you can do. And before you go to bed each night, again, think about and thank God for the opportunities that came your way. Because what you do each day makes a difference. Let's pray for the congregation. Father, our hope is in you. Thank you for always being the light in the dark areas of our life. 
I thank you for those listening here today. I pray that you guide us, watch over us, help us to be obedient to your will and bless us as we carry it out. Never let us forget the light that we carry. Let us use it to shine your light out into the world and be the beacons of hope that you created us to be. I also pray that you give us boldness and present us with opportunities so that we may share with you the hope that we have in you and make a difference to the lives around you. Thank you for listening to this Elam Church Christchurch podcast. For more information about our church, you can visit www.elamchristchurch.org or connect at one of our services every Sunday at 10am.